Hello and welcome to the Oi Let's Talk podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Gemma. Two friends talking fitness, mindset, business and everything else in between. We really mean everything. Expect banter, education and organised chaos. Your new podcast besties. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Oi Let's Talk podcast. We are super excited again today to bring you another guest, one of our good friends, Anthea, but I'm going to let her introduce herself. 100%. She's going to do a better job than we will. Take it away, Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, my name is Anthea. I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Um, Okay, so I own Thrive Chunker Coaching. I've been in business for five years and coaching for five years. I have a new role of a gym owner as well in the last like seven months, which is wild. Um, And yeah. So exciting. (laughs) The gym looks amazing as well, by the way. Thank you. We have been there. We've tried and tested it. Everyone that's listening. Everyone get around it. A fucking vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Huge vibe. Beautiful, great equipment, good people. Yes. Get around it, everybody. Very big community. I feel like you and your partner who you opened the gym with, you guys are all about community, which I think mm. is really cool. I think it was good because we had our existing communities to start with, like Thrive mm. and Hustler. Um, we obviously have our in-person coaching, so a lot of the girls get to meet. Um, again, with Hustler, they have the same thing. So when it was time to open up the space, it was exactly. sort of like yeah, a no-brainer. Yeah. yeah. The vibe's already high. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. I was going to ask, what actually got you into coaching in the first place? I've kind of seen you touch on your journey starting with bodybuilding. Yes. And I wanted to go on to that, but then how that's evolved over time. Yeah. So I joined the gym when I was like maybe 16. I ended up competing in a bodybuilding comp in high school at wow. 17, yeah. which was like so wild. Can oh, I, I that wrong? You go. Can I say that? Seems really young. Yes. Like to com- so compete young. in bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, I don't know, it all just happened so fast, like, <laughs> sort of, I just got really, really into it, and I think I just had a couple of coaches and people, like, yeah, they were coaches, they were like, you know, you'd be really good um, if you compete, and I think there was uh, this sort of interest in, like, being a junior and being young doing mm. it, I don't know, just, uh, and I was like, all right, well, the time is now, like, let's just do it um I was already sort of training really consistently and doing all the dieting and stuff and it was sort of just like it seemed like the next step yeah (laughs) I don't really believe that it was now (laughs) in hindsight but I think it was still a really good experience and obviously I'm you know where I am today because of it um so yes uh going back to coaching um that was during high school I finished high school I um, got into exercise and science, exercise and sports science. Um, I was like, look, it's going to take me three or four years to be able to actually start working in the industry. So I deferred. I did my certs because I was like, I want to work in the industry ASAP. Um, I had a lot of other, you know, fellow people being like, what are you doing that for? You're just going to become what? Just a PT? And I was like, mm. no. <laughs> I've got We've my heard plan. That one yeah, before, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Like I'm. I want to work in the industry ASAP, like I don't want to have to wait. So I did that, I took that route. Um, And then obviously, yeah, started coaching in 2018. Um, And I was just, I I think I kind of just knew that that was what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to help people, so yeah. Awesome. I think as well, like the comments that you said, you had people saying kind of like, what are you doing? Do you think, what do you think 
has changed you doing your Cert 3 and 4 to you being five years into the industry and kind of having a thriving business? What do you think some of the things are that helped catapult that happening? Obviously, you've got passion, but I'm thinking along the lines of you would have done a lot of upskilling and yeah. mentoring. What's made the biggest impact for the longevity of your business so far? Yeah, I think just like constantly wanting to learn, like I'm so curious. And I think when I first uh, got my certs, I definitely, I think everyone's like this. They're like, oh my God, I know so much. But then when you start working, you're like, actually. I know so nothing. Much. Yeah, I literally know nothing. And there's still so much more that I want to learn. Um, so yeah, surrounding yourself with other really great coaches as well. Um, investing in a coach as well. I've had a coach pretty much ever since I started the gym. Um, yeah, so I think I answered the question. Yeah, per, yeah personal <laughs> development. Yeah. yeah, I think people are afraid to do that as well because they just don't really know what that world's like. But I really think that having people around you who are walking the steps that you want to walk in makes mm. sense. 100%, yeah. yeah. I also just feel like it comes from passion for me. Like it just yeah. feels really aligned with everything that I care about. So I feel like it's come quite naturally. Like, yeah, I don't feel like I've, I don't know. The, I, there's definitely like a part of imposter syndrome in me almost having like this disassociation between what I've achieved in business and where I am. I don't know if you guys feel yeah. that too. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think I also get trapped in the whole like, what's next? Or yes. I need to be doing more. Mm. And it's a double-edged sword. It's good to be striving. But I mm. like, we love, we all love what we're doing. But I have this never-ending feeling that I'm not doing enough. And I need to check in on that and be like, actually, like be proud of what you've achieved so far. It's like yep. the stop and smell the roses. Yep. Even circling back to how before you had people make comments mm. to you being like, oh, you're just going to be a PT. Yeah. It's like, I feel like that adds to the imposter syndrome later down the track. Yeah. Because when you do reach a level of quote unquote success in your business, you're always going to play back to those times where someone turned around being like, oh, you want to be a PT? Yeah. Like, really? That's all you want to like do with your life? Exactly. And then you kind of fall back into, oh, was this like a fluke? Mm. Or am I actually that successful? Or yeah. do people look at me like I'm successful? Whatever kind of story plays out. Really interesting. 100%. It's like the perceived, like, how am I being viewed? Am I just being perceived as a PT? So then even when people ask you, what do you do? I'm like, yeah, like I own a business, I do this. Yeah. But I feel like there's still somewhat a part of me that's sort of, just can't fully be proud of what I've done because mm. of potentially how it's perceived. Do you think that comes from uni as well? Because when I did my degree, I felt the same. So like yeah. when you finish studying, people almost like they see you as like, oh, well, you just went and became a personal trainer. Yeah. Like why didn't you go and do dietetics or something like more advanced? Yeah. Well, when I finished my degree, I feel like when I was doing my degree, I'm like, yes, this is going to be the thing that's going to really like level me up and take me to the next level. Now that I've graduated, I've actually fully forgotten about it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still doing what I was doing when I started my business, which is coaching girls and like being in the field and working and I'm just doing the same thing and mm. I'm enjoying it. So yeah. nothing's really changed for me. I think education's important, but I also think like lived experience, like getting Always. on the gym floor, doing the work that you do, impacting people directly. It's like that trumps a bit of paper 100%, from uni. 100%, yes. So I want to circle back. Were you going to say something? I Did I cut you off? No, not really. I was just going to say um, when I think about being just a PT, because I had similar comments about, because well, I was doing marketing and business, and then mm. someone was like, PTs are a dime a dozen. But I think there's a clear difference or line in the sand between 
just doing your Cert 3 and 4 and just putting people through a gym session and actually coaching people through lifestyle changes. And I kind of think that that evolution is where the career base can kind of mm. come into it because it's more than just... You're not just counting reps you're not just on counting the gym reps. floor. It's so yeah. much more than that. And I think I also find it hard to explain what I do because when I say I'm a PT, I just feel like it's so much more than that. Yeah. I don't kind think I've called myself a personal <laughs> yeah. trainer in like the last three years. Like if somebody asks me what I'm doing, that's like the last, even my yeah. partner, yeah. he'll be like, yeah, she's a personal trainer. I'm like, can you not don't introduce me as that? <laughs> I am so much so more. much more than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. So circling back, bodybuilding when you were 17, yep. wild to me. I want to <laughs> dive into this a little bit more. Wild to me. But I want to also know you've moved and made a huge transition from the bodybuilding world into powerlifting. Mm. How do you think that has either negatively or positively influenced your body image? Um, I think just positive very yeah. much. Just being so much more performance-based. I was always very performance-based with um, I, my coach to begin with like I was literally doing fucking jump squats in the corner and then he was like hey you're getting yourself like YouTube um, and I transitioned into like obviously bodybuilding and style training which was still performance based but obviously powerlifting is still so different mm. um, and yeah I just feel like my philosophy and the way that I see training is just to always focus on performance and it's just so much more rewarding. Um, even this year, I was like, all right, Europe, July, like, let's try and focus more on body comp. And then I was even just like looking at people on Instagram differently and viewing myself differently. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so shit. Like, yeah. like just changing that focus can help immensely. So yeah, and um, the first sort of comp that I, tried to do we went into lockdown one week before um I think I was still very much in the mind of like wanting to look a certain way I remember saying to my coach at the time being like I don't want to take out hip thrust I don't want to take out all the glute volume like I just wanted to maintain my physique and I was still so fixated on what I looked like um but then this comp this time around last year I was like not even worried about what I looked like I wasn't worried about you know, getting a pump or anything like that. I just had such a good time training with my friends, hitting PBs, like it's just, it was so much more empowering. So it was nice to see that difference um, over the years as well. How cool. So you think the biggest change for you was like s switching your focus more to performance-based over just aesthetics or physique? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And you still get the body composition results yeah. at the same yeah. time. It's like, why, it's like a no-brainer. Like, why wouldn't you just, focus on being performance-based, you'll still get the results, yeah. but you'll just be mentally so much better off. Absolutely. What would you say to, because you've spoken a lot about, you know, eating in maintenance or surplus during summer, which I know a lot of people feel quite this anxious like about. Thing. This is your thing. We were I saying before, so we were saying at the cafe before, like Anthea is always the girl that's bulking over summer, which I mm. fucking love. I love that so much, but I think so many people have this um, thought process of we're going to shred for summer, getting lean for summer, and you go against that narrative. And I just wanted to speak about why you do that mm -hmm. and how what tips you'd give someone who is also interested in doing that but feel quite anxious about it. So I think I just learned that in order to gain muscle and actually get the physique that I want, so thinking long term, I do need to stay and be in a well-fed state for majority of the year. Um, after so many years of always trying to stay as lean as possible, you know, still eat in a deficit, not properly fuel my body, but then I was still really wanting to like,
grow my glutes and look this certain way and I just felt so stuck. I was like, why am I not seeing the results? Obviously something had to change. Um, so yeah, once I sort of realized this importance, I <laughs> just like, I can't just stop with entering a deficit right now. Like I'm, I've got such great momentum with my training and with my results and I just have to keep going. Um, so my, the way that I see deficits as, deficits as well is that they should be quite intentional. It's not just a matter of you having like a shitty body image week and be like, that's it, I'm cutting. Or yeah, it's like a, a random thought that you have that you just wanna cut and that's it. Mm. Um, I think that they should be really intentional. They should be thought out. They should um, be alongside maintenance phases, surplus phases. Um, you should have a look at your lifestyle and see what do I have coming up in the next couple of months? Is this actually gonna work for me? Or do I have a million and one events? Or do I have exams on? Like actually just having it more well thought out as opposed to just jumping on social media and just, yeah, getting triggered and then wanting to diet. So yeah, I think it's just more intentional in the way that you treat your body and, and fitness and health. And I think getting out of that loop of dieting year round. Mm. Yeah. I think people just get stuck in always wanting to be smaller, always wanting to get leaner. And it's like, what's the end goal here? Mm. Like if you're doing that and then you're thinking, why is my training shit? Why am I not growing? It's kind of, they're mm. just contradicting one another, your goal and where you're at at the moment. It's exactly like what you said when like you get triggered or you see someone else that has like this perfect six pack online you're like well I'm gonna I'm gonna diet mm. or you look in the mirror and you maybe are having a bad body image day and you're like well nope that's it I'm going back into a deficit it's mm. like yeah being more intentional and looking at it as a whole yep. how can I spend majority of my time feeling good yeah circling back to the performance-based stuff instead of just like okay so heavily focused on the way I look all of the time because mm. that's gonna fucking eat you alive eventually. Yeah. yeah, and I think that links back so perfectly like eating in a fed state, being in a surplus, smashing your training, focusing on training strength mm. really helps you take away that narrative of just like lots of volume, training every single day, eating as little as possible. Like that clear shift there, I just feel like is the key for sustainability, especially training in the gym as a woman. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like everyone who goes through that exact transition where they kind of move from focusing on the way they look to the way that they feel, mm. they automatically love doing what they do. Yeah. So they love their training. They love going for a run or whatever it is that they're doing to challenge themselves instead of being so focused on the way they look. Yeah. And then it becomes an actual lifestyle. That's like almost the missing key piece, I believe, to it becoming a lifestyle that lasts forever yeah. instead of just like a short-term thing. It's also like a well-being shift as well. Mm. Like even just from a social aspect, like being able to go out on the weekend and not stress about your macros and stuff like that just th and I remember having this sort of transition period where I would be meticulously planning everything and don't get me wrong I think that that helped me have a better understanding of nutrition and I yeah. do believe that it is beneficial for people to go through that period but at the same time I was so nervous to like just eat a meal and not track it or even just not even look at the menu before you go and just like eat what you actually feel like and the more that I did it I was like oh my gosh the world hasn't ended like is this my, what like my body like? hasn't fully changed <laughs> I was like oh my gosh and then I just kept doing it and then you just start living life and enjoying life more and yeah the focus is just taken away from what you look like yeah 
I love that. I think it's also just the key to having a positive body image, mm. like the acceptance of your body during all of these different mm. states and the, well, not even acceptance, appreciation for what you can do. Mm. Like, I think that's what strength has taught me and teaches my clients and all of us would relate to that. Mm. Like once you realise that you're fucking strong and that training makes you feel good, it's really hard to not want to want to ever stop that because why would you? It's such a positive in your life. 100%. I think I'd love to see most women shift towards at least appreciating that part of training and not just the whole being as small as possible. Mm. I feel like when I think about not getting my sessions in, I'm not thinking about, oh, you know, this is going to make me lose my body composition. Like, granted, there might be a little part of that, but most of it is I'm going to miss out on an opportunity to progress with this skill. It's going to probably stuff up some of my momentum that I have with my training, which I really like um, savor because it is hard sometimes to build momentum with training to really get the ball rolling and, and progress. Um, and yeah, mainly just viewing it from a performance lens rather than, yeah, what it's going to do for my physique. Yeah, mm. I love that. Who's this question? You go first. <laughs> Me? <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> you whispering, you go. <laughs> As if you don't have a HD mic right <laughs> up against your mouth. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, business. So. If you guys don't know, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you were in a gym. Yes. An in-person <laughs> brick and mortar gym, which is incredible. Wow. And also a coaching business. Yep. So Thrive Stronger, which you have another coach that works with you yes, as well. Mona, yeah. Yep. Amazing. She's also a fucking yep. legend if she's <laughs> yep. listening, as she should be. Hello. <laughs> we love you. Um, we wanted to know business-wise. Now, I feel like social media kind of glorifies becoming an online coach or a personal trainer. We want to know what are your struggles in business? And might owning be a gym. Yeah. Owning, owning a gym is a, a big one because I know that's a big goal for a lot of coaches. Yeah. I think. And oh. obviously give us some of the fun things as well. Yeah. yeah. Not just like Debbie Downer. We'll start with the hard ones and then okay. we'll Okay. So oh, struggles. I think the back end stuff doesn't come too easy. Um, my partner, Jason, has helped me a lot in terms of the finances and mm. the maths. <laughs> like oh. not my strong point. <laughs> no. Like. Yeah, so yeah, I'm very yeah. grateful for his help. And I feel like we both have our strengths and we sort of pick up where we don't really mm. have as many skills, which is nice. Um, yeah, I would say the back end stuff. And it is hard when you're in the business working to try and grow the business. And it's honestly hard. I'm grateful for lockdown in a way because we had so much fucking spare time and I had so many hours to like put towards really upgrading the systems and it's hard to do that when you're in the business yeah. and working it's like oh I really want to upgrade this or do this project and but when you're like with your clients it's like oh you just sort of the weeks and everything go by so I think prioritizing the back end stuff um and then struggles with owning the gym I would just say at the moment just the amount of hours and time yeah. and like boundaries and stuff like that I know that it will get better. We're in the early stages. Um, I think I'm just very accepting of that at the moment. But yeah, my I think my body is just in this like fight or flight. Doing what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. Done. at the moment. Um, and it's also like uncharted waters. Like you've never yeah. done it before. So it's like trial and error of like, okay, what works? What feels good? Yeah. How many hours do I need to be on the gym floor? What are my boundaries around like 
replying to clients because like you're doing all of it that would be hectic actually yeah and even just like a lot of our clients are obviously at the gym as well a lot of our friends so even just getting in and out of the gym like if you're in a rush it's so hard for me to just leave and not talk to people. I'm like, okay. I'm so sorry, I need to leave. You're like, don't look at me, yeah. guys. Just yeah. let me come in and go home. Yeah, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, that's one of the greatest positives as well. Like, looking around and being like, oh, my gosh, this is such an amazing space and there are so many beautiful people here. I feel like it's still very surreal as well. Mm. When you're starting something, I know that online we speak a lot about balance and like you know having that kind of lifestyle a lot of online coaches you know want to have right but I also think that there's a time and a place you're currently in it where you're building something Mm. and you need to grind and you're probably going to work fucked hours and that's just part of it and Mm. I also just want to touch on whenever we have a certain goal like that whole idea of balance isn't necessarily going to happen on those weeks when you have a deadline or something you're really working towards and that's just part of business it's not always going to be that perfect switching off do not disturb off to the beach you know what I mean and Mm. I think that you're Mm. going through that and you're living that and it's just something that I want to touch on when you're building a business that it will go through phases like that yeah I feel like you sort of just do what you have to do like I don't really think about it too much it's sort of like just a no-brainer I'm like I have to you know do this piece of work even if it's late at night or on the weekend or whatever of course I want to work towards having more boundaries but I think when you're so invested in your business and you know the impact that you're trying to make and what you're trying to achieve I yeah you sort of just do what needs to be done to be honest Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm at peace with that because I really enjoy business and coaching clients so yeah Mm. I think yeah like the whole when you're working towards building something I think the thing with social media Shout out to everyone who's ever posted this. I'm putting myself in the doghouse because I've done it before. The freedom-based business, right? Like everyone loves the freedom-based business, which is such a vibe. Obviously, that's the end goal. But like different seasons, when you're starting something, like you have to fucking grind. I remember when I first started, I was working like from 5 a.m. till 9 p.m. back to back on the gym floor, doing free hours of work, like multiple, like hours upon hours of free work, free sessions, and I was getting paid like fuck all. Mm. But that's what you have to do to then be able to reap the reward of having a freedom-based business where you can go and work from your laptop and travel and do all the things you want to do. 100%. I think a lot of um, young coaches are coming into the industry, like it's the shiny ob- object syndrome, yeah. like seeing like, oh, I'm my coach, I can go to Bali, I can do this, I can do that. But the passion is, well, like, don't get me wrong, they're probably still passionate, but the passion of actually wanting to coach people, be a, become a better coach. Like it's about who you're trying to impact. It's not just about yourself and, you know, achieving your own dreams. Like I've been taking, or I've taken a huge pay cut for the last couple of years. Like my own wage is not even, I'm not even worried about it. You know what I mean? Mm. It, despite me putting in probably double the amount of hours, but it's just not something that I even think about you know, being a business owner. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least for the time being. Yeah, yeah, I was just back to that point as well, like being an online coach, freedom-based lifestyle, wanting to go to Bali and work, your driving force for coaching can't be... Going to Bali No, to not just that. <laughs> going to Bali to work, but it can't be wanting to earn six figures. It can't yeah. be just money-based yeah. because you're not going to have... You're not going to last for very long if that's your only driving force. You need to be passionate. Your clients feed off your energy. Mm. If you're just you know taking in people treating clients like a number like 
it's going to not it's going to fizzle out so i think when you have when you're a new coach and you want to get into the industry you have to weather that and you need to accept that that's your overarching reason mm. for personal development and all of the hard things that come with it as well. Yeah. Rejection, resilience. All of it. All of it's it. like you don't become a lawyer if you hate law. Yeah. Like you become a lawyer because you would like to practice law. Yeah. It's the same thing with like becoming a personal trainer or having an online business or even like a brick and mortar business. You don't just open a gym because you're like, I like having shiny things <laughs> like in my gym. It's like, no, you want to <laughs> impact and change people's life. And if you're not passionate, you you're know, the cracks last. are going to happen yeah. and you're going to see you later. You'll be yeah. done. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> As you coach, you only coach women, yeah? Predominantly yeah. women? Yeah. What are some of the reoccurring themes of clients that come to you that you work through with them? Is it a lot of it to do with wanting them to get better at strength training? Is a lot of it to do with changing their um, view on body image? Mm. What are kind of those reoccurring client types that you're working with every week? I think a lot of the women that I see, they're really wanting to like improve their technique. They care about wanting to move properly. Um, they're wanting to make it a part of their lifestyle as well. I think that's a big thing. It's not just this like challenge or anything that they want to complete it's like no I want to work with you for you know six months 12 months a lot of my clients are very long-term clients and I sort of say that um, in consults I'm like look a lot of my clients I work with quite long term because it's this sort of long organic process it's not just I'm going to get you in we're going to get you shredded or you know get you gaining three kilos of mass in 12 weeks like that's not how it works I love you know? how whenever somebody says that, like, you just can't help but laugh. Yeah. You're like, come on. Good luck. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's nice watching the type of clients um, that I work with now because it definitely used to be more fat loss focused, a lot more body composition focused. I still absolutely love working with clients to achieve their body composition results. But um, if it's only body composition, I think I struggle a bit. I'm like just still trying to show them how being a little bit more performance based with their training can actually help them. So, I mean, that's my mission. Um, if you had to give a new client, a gym newbie, for example, some tips. So someone, the typical thing that I see a lot is they've gone from doing classes all the time and they're wanting to get into the gym for the first time and they're wanting to work with you. What would two tips you would give someone who are wanting advice for actually having sustainable results in the gym? So usually they come in very eager. They're like, yeah, I'll train five, six days a week. I'm like, all right, how many can we realistically stick to on a consistent basis? So pulling it back most of the time, um, you know, three, four sessions, starting there and then building from there. Um, yeah, just trying to get rid of the all or nothing mindset really and just viewing training as just always trying to show up no matter what. It, even if you can't get a full session in, even if you're not feeling good that day. I mean, the other um, sort of downfall from being very performance-based is when you're not feeling so good or maybe you're having a bad mental health day, the thought of going into the gym and being like, oh, I need to progress with my weights, that will also maybe stop people from going to the gym because it's like, there's no point. So also, I really like to encourage my clients to just take each day as it comes and just have no expectations as well when going in when you're having a bit of a, a shitty day um, and really focus on the positive aspects of training that you're going to gain, like improving your mental health, feeling really accomplished after it, 
just even getting some blood flow and moving your body. Um, so yeah, just going for more of the holistic approach. Amazing. That all or nothing mindset, just quickly, we're touching on that huge. I feel like every client I've ever worked with comes in with an all or nothing mindset mm. to begin with, but then they leave being able to understand like more performance, focus on the way that you feel, yeah. your quality of sleep, how much water you're drinking versus just, okay, I want to lose five kilos in three days. And if that doesn't happen, and fuck this, I'm never doing yeah. it again. Yeah. But yeah, if you move into any sort of health and fitness journey with that all or nothing mindset, like you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm. And often it's coming from the intention is they think that they're doing the right thing because mm. you think that the more I smash myself, the more dedicated I am, the better that I'm doing. But it's just trying to reshape that, that if you can't maintain it, then it's not actually going to get you the result you're wanting. Mm. It's like the turtle, turtle, tortoise and the hare. You know what Tor I'm trying to say? <laughs> like you turtle and the hare? Tortoise and the hare. Tortoise and the hare. Like getting there quick, but then not being able to sustain it isn't going to help you long term yeah and you're yeah. probably not going to have a good time in the process yeah 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 it's like that mindset of the more committed i am you know i need to be a hundred percent but i guess taking that mindset of if i just show up and do my best on the day even if it's not a hundred percent it almost sounds like you're advocating for like mediocrity but you're actually not yeah <laughs> it's yeah. what is going to get you the long-term results and consistent results as well yeah and also you don't get bored. I feel mm. like whenever I've done something where I've gone too hard, too fast, you're like burning the candle at both ends. Like eventually you kind of get bored of how it's all going yeah. when you can actually just enjoy the process and like go with the flow a little bit more. Mm. I feel like it doesn't keep you, it keeps you less bored. If yeah. That makes sense in yeah. terms of lifting weights. I was also just gonna say the social component, like me being able to see my friends and not be stressed about food and not be stressed about being able to enjoy myself and be able to train, that makes me feel excited. Mm. I don't like the thought that I, you know, would have to always track and then be stressed if you're at a restaurant and you can't, you know, you don't know what you're gonna eat. Yeah. It's like, I know a lot of people feel that way with nutrition. Mm. They do say a challenge and then they go in a social setting and it's just like everything goes out the window because they don't know how to handle it. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about how you kind of help clients through that nutrition component of things. Like mm. when, is that a common theme where people don't know how to handle a social setting and what advice yeah. would you give your clients in that situation? Yeah, so like I was saying before, I do think that it is worth even getting a better grasp of portion sizes and tracking your food because when you go out to a restaurant and if you don't have that basis of nutri nutritional knowledge of like what a serving of protein looks like or how to even like read the menu and look at the items of food and be like, well, that's carbohydrates, that's fats. Um, I think going through a period of tracking your food intake to understand those things is really good. But then there comes a time where you don't need to do that long term. Um, it's sort of just as a learning tool. And I use a lot of like nutrition diaries now with my clients, which have been like really great success. Um, even trying to transition clients from not tracking who feel very dependent on it. And I always say like, I think it's just focusing on the self-trust because a lot of them feel like they need to rely on the app and these numbers to teach them how to eat. But I'm like, you know how to eat. You have been eating in a way that aligns with your goals and your health values for so long. We're just taking away the app. Like that's all it is. You still need to just have that self-trust. 
Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed taking clients through sort of transitioning them away from tracking. Mm, I love that. I always say, I mean, we both always say like, Tracking your calories and macros is great for nutritional literacy, mm. but it's just a tool that you can put in your toolbox, pull it out when you need it, use it when you're going through a season of growth or a deficit or something like that, but it's not an all year around approach. Mm. I think that's what a lot of people get wrong is they assume that you have to track calories and macros all Forever. the time, but it's like, get educated, do a nutrition diary, like you said, and then you can actually move from relying so heavily on my fitness pal all the time to being able to have like, freedom with your food mm. but it's also what I tell my clients who are transitioning is when they're getting quite stressed about oh I still don't know like I'm still roughly tracking and putting things in my fitness pal I'm like like transitioning away from tracking and maybe having some non-tracking days either in your week or like long term it's not about still hitting the macros like we're no longer doing that mm. it's about eating in alignment with yes your body composition your performance goals but also a little bit more intuitive, um, you know, listening to your hunger cues. So it's not about the numbers anymore. And I think that that's a really big realization. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. So Before much. we go, where can our listeners find you? Um, Anthea Woodruff on Instagram, TikTok, not that I'm really on TikTok. Um, Thrive Stronger is my coaching business. And then hustler underscore gym is the gym. And the gym's in Glen Waverley, yeah? Uh, Mount Waverley. Mount Waverley, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So if you're from Melbourne, obviously yes. go to Go Hustler, and suss it out. Please. The lighting for like selfies and videos, like if you are like us, <laughs> it is such a vibe. So you definitely need to go. Thank and you so equipment. much. Thank yeah. you so and much. And the equipment. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.